0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Self Mastery is Self Love podcast unedited. I am your host Michelle Valentine. I am so excited to share today's episode. Uh, This episode um, and our guest, um, a special guest today is uh, Gabrielle Lichterman. She's been a women's health journalist for more than 20 years. She's the founder of She's the founder over at Gabrielle Lichterman. She's pioneered cycle syncing in 2005 with her book, 28 Days. She's also the creator of the Hormone Horoscope apps and Female Forecaster. You can learn more about her at myhormonology.com. Please check check the show notes um but today i'm really excited to um have you listen in this is actually a pre-recorded uh Instagram live interview i did back on may 27th 2019 um there's also the recorded uh conversation over uploaded onto youtube and so, what we'll be t- talking to viewers about today is what you can expect in your menstrual cycle. So, menstrual cycle, so that you can capitalize on the hormonal benefits when you're cheerleading yourself. And I'm uh, really like today. I really was so intrigued to dive into the question of how hormones impact your self-talk, especially as women, and so I thought she would be the perfect person to talk about this uh, because it was through her research um, that she was able to make make some amazing discoveries, and there's so much to unpack in this interview, uh, but I wanted to share like what her mission is, and so um, her mission is like together we can help every cycling woman and girl know about how their hormones impact their moods health and behavior Uh, because what she's come to learn is there is a growing mountain of research that shows the ups and downs of hormones in a woman's cycle um, impacts her moods energy memory sleeping habits love life spending habits health and so much more and these hormonal effects repeat the same way cycle after cycle aka month after month (laughs) uh, giving her the ability to know what to expect each day and so it's her mission to share this information about hormones with every cycling woman and girl this is also a way that she can capitalize the hormonal benefits overcome hormonal hurdles and understand herself her moods her health and her behavior in a new and powerful way and so uh, what what she's asking here is to help by joining her in this important mission. She's created a wide array of free hormonology tools that you're welcome to use to share your hormone cycle information with friends, family, colleagues, students, healthcare providers, therapists and others. And this is hence what I'm here to do. I'm here to share what I've even been learning from Gabrielle. And so she has a wealth of information um, hormonology. She's got cheat sheets, PMS tips, videos, guides, eBooks, and so much more. Um, so I'm really excited to have you join us for this episode and we go for, we, yeah, we go for about well over an hour here. And so it's just, it's just going to be so impactful. Um, and really, you know, this it's just because there's so much information lacking on like why women worry. Why do we get frustrated? Why is there so much self-doubt? And uh, so I just really love that we're going to be talking about how our hormones um, make an impact on this. So um, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, and if you have any questions or any takeaways, I hope that you will um, tag us and sh- uh, share share this episode and let us know what you thought about it. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to uh, head off here, and I'll be checking back in at the very end. Enjoy. Um, today we are going to be doing a live with the founder of the app. Yeah. Oh, excellent! Hey, Gabrielle. Um, there should be a button there to um like request to join. You'll have to click it on your end, and then it should send me an invitation. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Hi! How are you, Michelle? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. I'm just getting creative, and my car is the quietest place, so I'm not driving. (laughs) But it's all about the quality, right?
1: I just hope you're not, like, stifling in there. If it's not too hot.
0: Give me one moment. I'm just going to like roll down the window here. All right. Here we are. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) I see some people here listening. Um, I just want to thank you for being here. And um, you've been so kind to share your time here today. We're going to be talking about hormones and how they impact our self-talk. So this is Gabrielle. I'm saying this right
1: yes
0: (laughs) okay awesome and can you hear me okay as well I can hear you how's the audio
1: from this end I can hear you great too
0: awesome hello holistic (laughs) I'm just seeing some people join thank you for being here awesome um so Gabrielle, she is the founder, just gonna do a little intro here. <laughs> uh, she's the founder of Hormonology. Uh, she's a speaker, she's a consultant trainer, and she pioneered like, cycle syncing and hormone awareness in 2005. Um, she's a woman's health journalist, and she, she's here to um, like, share and educate like, how we can apply and practice, like, applying like hormone research to everyday life and she spearheaded the movement for women to live in sync with their menstrual cycles. So I'm super excited. And she's just, uh, she's just relaunched her book, 28 Days, What Your Cycle Reveals About Your Love Life, Moods, and Potential. Because um, there's so much information lacking on like, why do we, why do we as women self doubt? Why do we worry? We get frustrated. And it changes like day to day. And sometimes like I often hear women like, why am I overthinking this? And Um, I came across your work um, this year about five months ago and I've been like actually I never had access to this so I'm just so excited to have you here today so that you can like share your your knowledge and expertise
1: thank you so much thank you so much for having me you know it's so funny you said you just discovered my work five months ago and what you experienced is um Very typical with um, what happens when people come across hormonology, come across how their hormones impact their moods, health, and behavior, it immediately transforms your life. It immediately changes how you plan your life ahead, your day, your week, your month, even your year ahead. It just has an immediate effect yeah so <laughs> I'm really a recent um, convert. But you you saw immediately the value of knowing how your hormones impact you, so that you can make the most of them, and so that you can sidestep hormonal challenges. And self talk, um, the way we talk to ourselves is a really, that is a really interesting um, um, way that our hormones impact us. Now, as you know, self talk, (laughs) it can go, you know, we can be our best cheerleaders or we can be our biggest critics. Mm -hmm. And so we think that our self-talk is often impacted by how we're doing, you know, whether we've recently failed or achieved something, um, whether um, somebody else has criticized us or um, has cheerleaded us and that impacts. But a lot of self-talk that goes on within our own minds Mm -hmm. um, has to do with our hormones, where we are in our monthly cycle. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because the ups and downs of hormones in our menstrual cycle impact our mood, optimism, um, our pessimism, how critical we are, um, how hopeful we are. And depending on where we are in our menstrual cycle, we're feeling like, you know, we're a cheerleader, we're optimistic, we're hopeful or we're feeling self-critical and doubtful and pessimistic and cynical. So today I want to talk to your viewers about what you can expect in your menstrual cycle mm-hmm. so that you can capitalize on the hormonal benefits when you're cheerleading yourself yeah. <laughs> and, and overcome hormonal challenges when you're, you know, being hard on yourself.
0: This is so awesome.
1: That's what I, I want know. to talk about. today. I'm excited.
0: I want to share, um, I want to share just like a, like a small per like a personal experience on my end and hope I'm hoping it's going to relate to other women um for those of you who don't know me um I'm a mom I solo parented for 19 years had my daughter when I was 20 so basically a baby having a baby know, essentially um not really having much life experience and um, but I figured it out and she's I apologize for the interruption. Um, she's, like turned into like an amazing self-reliant like young adult she's 20, be 20 she'll be 21 this year but i'm going to be like really humble to admit that i'm like 40 and i when i found this information like is all they talk about and teach us in schools they just talk about like the one week of like the word and you know and it's really like it's the one week of like the worst week of your life um getting you know and there's not a lot of positive messaging around that and um and I train in martial arts and it's all about, we fully embody like mind, body, like posture, how we think, how we feel. Like it's like a full, we embody all of that. And I think like, wow, like I really wasn't present to like some of the self view. You know, I got really present to like how self-talk was addressed in that arena. And I trained with a lot of young girls, teens and, you know, and, and I, it's always like, it's always the young girls that struggle. And, you know, it's really scary to see like, you know, there's always changes going in our bodies and, I almost felt like I almost did my own daughter a disservice, not I just didn't know what I didn't know. And so when I came across your work, I thought, like, my goodness, how many other moms? Hi. (laughs) Um, How many other women just don't we just don't know. We don't know. So I'm really like, it's I'm scary excited to share this message. But I just I felt like I I have I have to share your work. Like, more people need to have access to their work, which is going to help all women, all ages, so that when we do head into, like, those later years, when we're not ovulating as much, um, we're way better empowered.
1: Yes. You know, I'm in perimenopause, so I've been skipping periods, and my hormones have been haphazard. So I'm on the precipice of menopause right now. I'm 48, and um, I was really the first person, besides researchers, who had this Mm. wide breadth of information about my menstrual cycle and how my hormones impacted me. And as I look back on the years that I used this information, that I capitalized on my hormonal benefits, overcame hormonal challenges, and just understood myself a whole whole much, so much better. I'm so grateful. I'm headed into menopause, but I'm looking back and thinking, you know, thank goodness I had this information because I made Mm. the most out of my cycling years, and I'm hoping to help everybody with menstrual cycles have that exact experience. To look back on their menstrual cycling years and think, "I made the most of it. I did it." It's like 40 plus years of like cycling, so it's good to have this information <laughs> to I be able know. to look back. I I, like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. Oh. So, and you make a good point about the young people. Um, and their self-talk and how critical how hard they are in themselves. Oh my gosh um, You're right when we say we're, we're not taught Anything about um, how our hormones impact us except for that one week. Oh, you know, you're going to be crabby and blue um, we're not really taught how our hormones impact our um, confidence mm-hmm. and um, our self-esteem and that hormones can drag them drag this down and if you're not aware of that, you could get dragged down with it. You could get sucked mm-hmm. down with it. But if you are aware of it, it empowers you because you can overcome it. And we can empower these young people to um, overcome these hormonal hurdles, or learn how to deal with them um, and in a much healthier way so they don't get dragged down because they're they're fragile. They're young know, people are fragile because they're, you know, they're still being formed and um, they t- they're sensitive. And uh, they don't understand. So if we can help share this information and let them know, um, this could really help a lot. And just a parent
0: perspective, I will I won't say names. Um, we're with, we're with someone who I um, who they have a daughter and she just turned 10, and things are changing. Things are changing in their bodies, and the way she described, you know, when I was talking with her. It's like it's scary like things feel scary that's the only word like to speak their language mm. it feels scary and so and maybe depending on where you are maybe like you as a mom right now you're like oh like I don't feel equipped or maybe you're a solo a solo parent solo dad solo mom we can't be you know when they're scared they like we their home base rock to lean on and so like we need to come equipped with tools and where do we find those tools and there's so much information online it's like how do we know where to trust this
1: information that's a very good point. That's a really good point. And, you know, the, the basis of this fear about all the changes that are going on um, comes from uh, just not knowing, not uh, not having all the information. Um, and I try to help parents and other caretakers prepare uh, young people who are about to get their uh, menstrual cycle or who have already started and, you know, it's still new. I, I help prepare them uh, by by offering a free ebook that um, helps them incorporate uh, basic hormone information into the mm-hmm. period talk, basically oh. updating the period talk. We need an update. It's about time. Yes. It's been yes. years. <laughs> yes, we do. Why are mm. they not
0: teaching this in the public school system?
1: <laughs> right. So you can download that ebook. It's a short little guide for free from my website, myhormonology.com, mm-hmm. and. Um, You can trust this information because I'm someone who's not out to um, to make a lot of money from selling this information. You can get all this information for free on my website or you can download one of my free apps. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, you could purchase my book, too. It's a very comprehensive book, 28 days. But I'm not going to put a stranglehold on this information and make people cough up money. I want my mission is really to get this information out there so that we're helping this generation and then all future generations. Mm -hmm. Because if we educate this generation, they'll pass on this um, information.
0: I was reading. So I was going through your revised version last night and reading (laughs) like I'm just reading the beginning, like how like how you came about finding the information. So do you want to share what um, what inspired you to like find like to get into this information. And I remember in your book, you're like, once you came across these studies, there's tons of studies out there, ladies, but we just don't have access to them. You discovered them. So how did you make that discovery?
1: Well, I'm a women's health journalist. I have been for more than 20 years. As I said, I'm 48, so I've had a lot of time to do this. Um, way back in 1999, uh, you have to remember, that at that period of time, we were still in a you know very infancy of the internet, We didn't have everything at um, our fingertips, all the information we have now. So um, as a woman's health journalist, you really had to dig for things to find them. And um, I came across a study. It had been a new study at the time in 1999 about how uh, women's preferences in romantic partners change Mm -hmm. according to where they are in their menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, As they approach ovulation, they prefer uh, someone who is who has dominant features, mm-hmm. um, where other times of their cycle, like after ovulation, they prefer someone who has softer features. And this had to do with, you know, the, the researchers, you know, suspect it has to do with, um, you know, we're more attracted to dominant features because higher testosterone denotes um, better health. And, you know, if we wanted to get pregnant, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. To be honest, this kind of blew my mind. <laughs> I was. A <laughs> it did. I was so excited. Um, I was a woman's health journalist, and I, uh, you know, I covered all the basic stuff. You know, high blood pressure, heart disease, blah blah blah. Nowhere did I ever read before about how our hormones impact something other than premenstrually or menstrually, and you know, even that stuff was just you know, you're crabby during your your mood is going south. That's it was very very limited. So I thought. I bet if there's this study, there's a lot more, and it's just not getting to the surface. So my Mm -hmm. job as a women's health journalist is to be that bridge, is to find the research, um, interview the researchers, uh, read the studies, and then be the bridge. Bring it to light. Bring Mm -hmm. it to people who can use it. Um, Put it in a way that people uh, can use it immediately to improve their lives. So I went on a hunt, and I searched a whole bunch of medical journals, and I found hundreds, then I found thousands of studies, researchers around the globe on every continent had been doing about our hormones and how they impact our moods, health, and behavior. And virtually none of it was getting passed on to us. Have you ever been to a doctor that told you you know your energy is going to peak um, as you approach ovulation? Or that your mood is improved, right? This is stuff. Studied for decades. In fact, some of the earliest um, research like the early 1900s. So why wasn't it getting to us? Well, um, nobody looked. Nobody looked for the work. The researchers were doing their job, but there hadn't yet been a bridge like me, a journalist, to take that information and bring it to light. Mm -hmm. So I decided I needed to be that bridge. So I took all that information. I studied it for years. I examined it. I Mm -hmm. Um, did a lot of the interviews and then I put it together and I realized, holy moly, all of this research can be plugged day by day into a menstrual cycle calendar, into mm-hmm. every single day of a menstrual cycle calendar. You could string it together and see that your mood goes up and then it goes down, your mm-hmm. energy goes up and then it flatlines and then your libido and your appetite and everything and you could string it all together. And then I saw that the hormonal effects repeat the same way cycle after cycle. So now we have a menstrual cycle calendar that charts our mood, energy, libido, appetite, sleep, shopping mm-hmm. habits, eating, everything. And it repeats the same way cycle after cycle. This to me was a hormone horoscope. You could predict what your day would be like based solely on where you are in your menstrual cycle, and it would be based on thousands of studies. This was the first science-based hormone horoscope, Mm -hmm. and um, I knew I had to get it out there, so I wrote a book, 28 Days, and that was published in 2005.
0: I was reading in your revised version that they took it off the shelves. They sure did.
1: Why? (laughs) Why is still a mystery because I was never told. So, 28 Days was published in 2005, and it got really good reviews. To be honest, um, it was mm-hmm. named uh, the, one of the top um, women's health books of 2005 by doubt.com Um It was translated into three or four languages. It was. Um, it got. It got. It, it got press all over. I was uh, asked to be a spokesperson for Always Have a Happy Period campaign and Soft mm-hmm. instead Soft Cup campaign, and. Um, <laughs> And then (laughs) uh, out of nowhere, um, I walk into a bookstore to find to look for my book because, you know, you're an author. You want to like you want to check it out. Yeah. And it wasn't on the shelf. So I asked the store clerk, could you tell me when you're going to be getting more 20 days in? And he looked it up. He said, oh, this book doesn't exist. You can't even order it. It's been unpublished. And I it's been unpolished. I, 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 it was like a kick to the chest. It was um, really, it was a moment I'll never forget. I walked out of the store c- crying, honestly, mm-hmm. in tears, um, because I knew that this was the tool I needed to share this great information and it had been taken away from me. Now, this um, incident happened. Again, nobody has told me why mm-hmm. um, they pulled it. But um, this incident happened shortly after I had a disagreement with my my publisher's publicist. Um, it was inadvertent. I accidentally insulted her. Um, I didn't mean to. Someone with social anxiety, that's like the last thing we want to do. <laughs> it's like we go out of our way to avoid that. But mm-hmm. it was an accident. And um, someone once told me, you never piss off your publicist. And that per- and that person was right. It's so too bad like, because, you know, at the
0: end of the day, like, you're not responsible for her feelings. I really want this, like, conversation to be about, um, it's not about making anybody wrong, but, like, how can we empower ourselves to be responsible for, like, our hormones, like, all, all the things and our communication. It's so t- and too bad that it was received that way.
1: Well, I'll never know if that was the case, but I do know it wasn't because the book, they had anything, ab- they didn't feel badly about the book. I know yeah. that for sure because, um I received uh, an email from my former editor offering who was that who was now a literary agent offering to um, represent me if I ever wanted to uh, publish the book again. Nice. So, you know, it was indication like, OK, well, you know, they liked the book. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, had a little there was something. But again, nobody told me why. So I. Can't officially say what happened, but the timing was extremely coincidental. But honestly, looking at the silver lining it was a going to happen uh, because once I realized there was no more book to share this great information, I knew I had to do something to share it another way. I wasn't going to give up. I knew this information could change lives, um, even if they couldn't see the future in it, even mm-hmm. if they were being seen, I knew there was something bigger here. So I created Hormonology, and um, I created a website that shared this great information, and in the mm-hmm. website's www.myhormonology.com. I have free eBooks, I have graphs, guides, blog posts. Um, I have a whole bunch of great tools that people can use to learn about their hormones. And then I created the Hormone Horoscope app, which have been downloaded more than 1 million times, and they've helped. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> my saving grace. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's so kind of you. And I get emails all the time from people who thank me for them. And then I created the female forecaster app for um, boyfriends and husbands of cycling women. Mm -hmm. And now I have finally done what I really want to do, which was to re-release 28 Days in a larger more updated form because you know that was first released in 2005 so mm-hmm. there's more than 10 years of great research that's been done since then and um i got to uh i got to do i got to release the book again in the way that i want to because i self-published it mm-hmm. um and that way no one can ever take my book away from me again i don't know if your viewers know but um when you sell your book to a traditional publisher. What you're doing is you're selling your rights to your Mm. book, you're selling your rights to your work. They own it and they can do anything they want with it. They don't have to publish it, which means you can work like I did years on a book and then have it um, taken off the shelf on a whim. never know why, and that's it. That's the end of it. But thankfully, that was 2005. There was no such thing as self-publishing back then. Mm -hmm. Now it's a totally different game. If anyone is thinking about publishing a book I urge you to self-publish you own the rights Mm -hmm. and that's really important to own your rights own your words you're not selling your words to anybody and they won't have any control over it
0: absolutely I agree with that and I've actually heard that from like I've heard a lot of those who were working with other like paid publishers that are like I hear more people talking about self-publishing and going that route because again you know, having no control over your message, your,
1: nope, that's your, right. your, your asset. That's right. You had to, I had to make some concessions I didn't want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to title my book. I, get, I didn't get to, you know, I, I had to make some changes I didn't want to make. I had to do things that I didn't feel comfortable with. So, mm-hmm. again, silver lining. Um, it was great to bring back my book, my work, Um, to myself and release it exactly as I felt it was um, best to be released and and written and my voice completely. Again, self-publishing. And, by the way, I'm a woman's health journalist. And if you think you can't get interviewed, um, you know, in the um, media because your book is self-published versus traditional publishing, think again. I write for national magazines, and I interview self-published authors all the time. There's Mm -hmm. no more stigma. There used to be a stigma. That's not there anymore. It's easy, and it's if you have a message out there, it's a great way to do it. Do it through Amazon um, Kindle Direct Publishing. Don't bother with um, these people who these companies who pretend to uh, do all the publishing for you. It's they can Amazon has made it easy enough for you to do yourself.
0: I love that. Oh, that's such great news. I'm hoping that like, if there's anybody here who's been. Dying to write that book or publish that thing. Um, it doesn't even have to be, you know, 100 pages. I've seen lots of really, like, beautiful yeah. books out there that are, like, 20 pages long and doing great.
1: Yeah, that's right. I see some um, viewers, you know, have PMDD. They're challenged by PMDD. Write a book about your experience or the treatments mm-hmm. that you found or... Um, interview a whole bunch of people who are challenged by PMDD and write a book about that. You would be able to share that with your community and mm-hmm. other people who are challenged by PMDD. That's one, um, just one suggestion, one possibility. There's limitless possibilities you can do with it. Definitely empower yourself. Self-publishing has, um, has, have, has made us all self-empowered now. I
0: just want to reach out to the audience. Holistic. PMDD how are you and you said my heart is truly exploding and I just want to thank you for being here Um, I just want to find out if you have a question like could you if if any of you have any questions here type it in the comments I'd love to um, give that to Gabrielle get your questions answered are there any moms here maybe you maybe you're an aunt maybe you have like friends with daughters so while I wait, any any questions you want to ask, just type them in the comments, and I will ask the question here for you. Um, but I wanna I wanna actually ask you, if uh, seeing as the topic is hormones and self-talk, which week of your cycle would you say would be considered like the most like negative, like or more like as women prone to feeling like the worst about ourselves, where we might be like a little extra too overthinking or too hard.
1: Well. Okay, so um, <laughs> it's not a huge surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it would be in a premenstrual week, your premenstrual week four. But the truth is the entire second half of your cycle, and the second half of your cycle starts the day after ovulation and spans the day before your period. That span of time has the potential to be a time when you are Engage in more negative self-talk. This is when you um, are more self-critical when you um, You're the opposite of the cheerleader. You you call yourself names, you know, gosh, why am I so stupid? I could have done this better or you think you can't do something. I'll never be able to do this. I'll never be able to pass this test I'll never be able to um, You know do this marathon and you engage in this um, and more so because you have two dips in estrogen during that second half of your cycle. Mm-hmm. The first tip starts right after ovulation. So your estrogen peaks at ovulation. Right after ovulation, it drops. It goes into free fall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, that lasts about three days, and then it rises, and then it drops again during your premenstrual phase. So during those drops, estrogen can drag down levels of brain chemicals that moderate your mood, that make you you know, the type of brain chemicals that make you feel good, optimistic, give you self-esteem. When your estrogen drops and drags down those brain chemicals, those lo- the levels of those brain chemicals, um, that's when you can feel more negative about yourself. And knowing that is key because you can hear it happen. I do this to myself all the time. I hear myself calling myself stupid, like, oh, you're so stupid. And I say, oh. that's just hormones talking Mm-hmm. What's really going on in the situation? You can step back and look at the situation from a, a better perspective, a more objective perspective, mm-hmm. rather than have hormones color your view and take mm-hmm. over. It's incredibly empowering. So, mm-hmm. like, okay, you know what? Let me cut myself some slack. Okay, yes, I almost put water in my cereal instead of milk. True story. <laughs> <Stop that. laughs> But that doesn't mean I'm stupid. It just means I'm tired. I've been working a lot. I'm going to cut myself some slack. I'm going to fix the situation and move on. And that that stops that spiral that mm-hmm. can drag you down and really color the rest of your day. Because now you're feeling like, you know, if you keep that going down, that spiral, you feel like you're a horrible person. You will you know, that affects the next thing you do, and that affects the next thing you do. Mm-hmm. But if you stop it up here and say, I'm okay, it's, it's all right, you stop the spiral, you stay up here, and you keep that mood elevated, you keep your self-esteem elevated, and that also impacts the rest of your day.
0: I'm a huge, uh, on my page, and I know even in martial arts, and I, I'll use the reference, your state, your state is everything, and what you think and what you feel like the what you're thinking your body translate into your physiology and i just find one of the easiest ways to change your state is to actually just stand up just stand up and move just do something like or snap your finger something just to get like out of that state otherwise you get trapped like you said in that thought pattern <laughs> <laughs> an awful cycle um i wanted to mention because i've not actually so pmdd I'm not familiar with that, but I see here like PMDD. She said, if you'd like to touch on PMDD, I'm always keen to know more. Could you identify what that is? I've I've never heard of that.
1: Well, I'm glad that um, she brought it up, and I'm glad that you're asking about it. Uh, PMDD is an acronym for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder impacts uh, an estimated 8 percent to 10 percent of people with menstrual cycles. And um, if you're familiar with premenstrual syndrome, premenstrual syndrome, PMS, um, affects you in the week leading up to your period, and it can include mood issues, aches, mm-hmm. pains. Well, premenstrual dysphoric disorder is an extreme form simply simplified definition of it anyway, is that it's an extreme form of PMS. It's a, it's an easy way to think of it. And on, so that makes sense. Yeah. So PMDD, um, it's, The the symptoms are much more intense. The mood symptoms are more intense. The physical symptoms are much more intense. So you don't just have sadness. You have depression. You have self-harm. You have suicidal thoughts. You don't have just pain. Yeah, it's it's very important to know about this because as a mom, Mm -hmm. you know, you might see this with your child or somebody else's child and you can share this information. and Say, look, it's not. It's not you. This is a this is a real condition. So in addition to being more intense, in addition to the Mm -hmm. symptoms being much more intense, um, symptoms that are intense enough to interfere with everyday life, Mm -hmm. um, there might be anxiety, there might be, um, you know, uh, real, real pain um, throughout the body. In addition Mm to that, if that wasn't enough, right? PMS, as I said, is the week leading up to really the six days leading up to your period. PMDD can last the entire second half of your wow. cycle, Bless from the day dreams. after ovulation through the day before your next period. It's a debilitating condition. It's a serious condition. Anyone with PMDD, I urge them, please go to your doctor, go to your gyn, go to a therapist or psychiatrist, and please join. This is critical. Okay. I have found from um, the feedback that I've gotten from PMDD people challenged with PMDD, mm-hmm. please join a support group that um, that that includes other PMDD um, people, people who are challenged with it, and that also provides um, information. One of them is oh God. I I know. I'm just going to give you the handle <laughs> for Instagram. Course, yeah. gonna, what's the Gia Alamon Foundation And they changed to? The International Association of Premenstrual. Uh, oh, I knew it. Was, I don't know. Uh, why don't I know that? Um, it's I-A-M-P-I-A-P-M-D. Dot, no, I-A-P-M-D Global on Instagram and I-A-P-M-D.org on, um, you know, if you're looking it up. It's a great organization. Um, there are many others out there, though. Um, so please reach out to yes, yes, the page. Thank Thanks, you. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so reach out and connect with them. Um, but it's really important for um, people with PMDD to reach out and get help. It's not usually something you can handle on your own if you're in, especially if you're in crisis. Um, so if you, now that you know about PMDD, you can share with somebody else if you notice that that person feels suicidal or has a lot of pain um, during, you know, those two weeks, you can say, look, this might be something you want to talk with your doctor about. I ask people to butt in all the time. Please bring it up, bring it up. If you suspect someone has this, bring it up, because there's a, there's a good chance that person doesn't even know PMDD exists. It, it impacts up to between 8 and 10% of menstruating people, and it doesn't, and virtu- it's virtually unknown. Like, it's just so, it's, not enough people know about it, it's really very little known. Um, I just like, found
0: out about it now, so yeah, maybe,
1: hope, yeah. PMD. So.
0: Oh my goodness! Thank you. How is she's asking? Okay. Oh hi, pumpkin love. Thank you. She's uh, asking how is PMDD addressed tr- or treated?
1: There are um, there are both pharmaceutical and holistic ways to treat PMDD. So it, it really comes down to what you're comfortable with. Some people are comfortable with holistic. Some people are comfortable with pharmaceutical. The, there are numerous ways to treat it. Um, they are coming out with new drugs. They're trying. Um, there's, they do try hormone birth control. They do try antidepressants. Uh, they um, cognitive behavioral therapy has been shown to help. Um, de-stressing has been shown to help. Uh, support like in joining Mm -hmm. a group has been shown to help, Um, but it's still really in its early stage. There is no definitive treatment, and the key is trying treatment after treatment after treatment. I know it's annoying, but just keep trying until you find the the one treatment or the constellation of treatments that work for you. Don't give up. You're worth it. Keep trying.
0: If you were to say – this 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 I, I this question I feel like I need to ask you this like what would you say to the woman like at any age like I hope I hope um I also want to share like women like we're so our bodies are so intelligent intuitive we just haven't been taught to trust it so what would you say to the woman who maybe they because they have basically I'm just gonna go on away I'm just gonna say it we've just been, we were just taught by our environments to um, learn ourselves a certain way. So we can also like unlearn ourselves a certain way. What would you say are like a couple ways that women could like learn to like trust their own, like, you know, trust what the best next step is, because you might go to one doctor, and you, your body might just like signal you and already know that maybe what they're suggesting is maybe not right for you. Gotta keep going on the search and looking for the next thing.
1: I have a really good story that I want to share. Please. This story, um, a colleague of mine told me this story, and it stayed with me. Gosh, I think I was in my 20s. Um, she had uterine fibroid tumors, which are benign growths in um, your uterus, and um, they, can, they can hurt, but they're not cancerous. mm mm-hmm. So she went to her doctor, GYN, and asked what she should do. The GYN said, well, you need a full hysterectomy. She was in her early 40s, and she didn't want a full hysterectomy. She wanted to keep Mm -hmm. her Mm ovary. So she went to a second doctor for another opinion. Well, that doctor said the same thing. Well, you need a full hysterectomy. She didn't want a full hysterectomy. So she went to a third doctor, fourth doctor, fifth doctor, sixth doctor. On the way to opinion number seven, Oh. She saw it in a magazine that said, there's this great um, treatment for uh, for uterine fibroids, for fibroids that is non-invasive. You get to keep your, um, you know, everything intact, no hysterectomy. You get to keep your uterus. You get to keep your ovaries. And it's done, you know, outpatient. It's really easy. So she went to doctor number seven, and she said, well, I have this pain, I have these fibroids, what should I do? And doctor number seven said, Oh, well, we need a full hysterectomy. She took out the article from her purse and said, well, What about this? And the doctor said, Yeah, you could do that too. <gasps> uh-huh. This is when I, this is probably when I learned most that you have to be a member of your own healthcare team. Mm-hmm. You have to do your own research and bring it. To doctor number one, two, three, four, five, and keep going until you find the results you want. Find the, um, you know, go to pubmed.com, P U B M E D.com. Find the research yourself or um, do some, ask someone to do the research for you if, if you, mm-hmm. you can't do it. And then be an active member of your own healthcare team. And if you don't like what the doctor's saying or you don't like how the doctor is treating you, move on. You deserve better, and we need to show the medical community that we're not going to be treated like infants. We're not. Um, we're, we're we're grown adults, and we have been infantilized. And um, research shows that doctors widely do not um, take our our complaints, our symptoms seriously. We need to um, fix it. In one way is by being an active member of your own healthcare team, and you can a different doctor when um, the doctor you have isn't isn't doing what you need.
0: That's so yeah, it's um, oh that's that's amazing. How many times have because any does anybody else have that experience? Is there anybody in the audience here watching? Holistic again PMD says estrogen detox <laughs> brutal. Uh, pumpkin love is saying, thank you so much. Um, People are really grateful for this message. Um, That's a really powerful story. I'm just, I'm just actually in shock because like I can think of like a handful of times, like not related to hormones, but other times where, where I could have actually gone for a surgical procedure and um, they just want to keep, prescribing like medication they're not actually I think it's like a time thing they don't have the time to spend with you to actually diagnose you as like a whole like a whole human being like we're not um men and women we're not we're not built like a mechanical car and I just I remember being 17 and when medicine wasn't working for like some illness like tonsillitis I was trying to get over and um it was, like, that moment when I realized, like, they said, like, if you don't take, you know, they put the fear in you. They're like, if you don't take it, this, like, it's not going to work anymore. And I remember feeling so scared. I took that. So I finally, like, listen, took the medicine. But then I remember realizing, like, wow, like, I started realizing um, even at that age where I thought, like, how powerful, like, is my mind to decide, like, what, like, what's going to be true for me and not too. And so um, I always just remember thinking to myself, like, mind over matter, or i remember, you know or, or, or i don't get sick i started just really you know wow. provide, you know or even like when i would get like feel like run down i will say that's, that's one thing where I, I didn't even know that it was like intuitively me trusting my body or anything but like i'd probably say that was probably the first experiences i had with like trusting like oh i really need to sleep right now or or, or, or this soup would make me feel great or just honoring like that oftentimes when you just like we hear the critical self-talk voice is that there's that same voice in there that's saying like, hey, you need this. But how often would we like ignore that voice? There's that voice. Yes. That we,
1: need,
0: we need to commune with that voice.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I um, I think it, it took a lot for my colleague to go from Dr. five to six to seven. Um, she really wanted to keep her uterus. But you're right. She had I'm certain she had to You know, quiet the voices that were saying you're wasting your time. It's just going to be there's only one option until she but she she had a hunch. And that's that hunch, that nugget of a hunch. going, And that's what you need to hold on to. If you are feeling something is wrong and you have a hunch and you're not you feel like people are not really listening to you and they're just um, they're not they're not giving you the information you want you know, trust your hunch. I know it's hard to, it's because you, everything you hear around you, especially from, you know, people who are professionals and white coats, um, makes you, it's kind of intimidating. It makes you feel like, well, I didn't go to medical medical school. What do I know? But I'll tell you, it happened to me. Um, I had a um, bad back and I had been, my back had been in pain for A long, long time, and I went to my doctor six times um, with a really, really bad back pain. And I don't Mm -hmm. take pain Mm medications. I don't like medications. Uh, It's just not my thing. To me, pain is um, just personally, pain is a sign. So I prefer to treat the the problem. Well, he refused to um, let me go for an MRI, and he I couldn't even get physical therapy because can't go to physical therapy without an MRI. So he blocked Um. me. So many and so the last time I walked in and I said, Look, I'm demanding an MRI. I mm-hmm. demanded an MRI. And we got into a fight. We got into an argument. And he said, This isn't a fast food restaurant. You don't get to demand what you want. So I fired him on the spot. I found another doctor mm-hmm. who sent me for an MRI right away. Mm-hmm. I had no disc left in my bag. I had two vertebrae rubbing against each other. Within months, I was um, on the surgical table having um, uh, spinal fusion. I needed spinal fusion surgery, and my own doctor wouldn't even allow me to get an MRI. So if you have a hunch and your doctor isn't giving you the treatment you need, fire that doctor and find somebody else. You deserve it. You you deserve um, the proper care. And that's, again, with PMDD, PMDD is a treatment that's, uh, is a is a is a condition that's very difficult and complicated to treat. Know that going in, um, but it's worth looking for treatments. It's worth trying treatments. It's worth asking other PMD D people, what were their treatments, and then trying them. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the road, you'll be happier having tried them than um, just you know, putting up with the symptoms and you deserve the help.
0: This is amazing. This is amazing. Um, when, so before, like when we went into this, this talk for today, were there some things that you really, that you thought would be, that you felt called you wanted to share during this call as well, in terms of like self-talk or things that you hear from your writers?
1: Well, you, you brought up a really great topic, the self-talk topic I love because it is so impacted by where you are in your cycle, and we all have self-talk. And we all think, often I think, that how we view ourselves is impacted by outside, by what somebody thinks of us or tells us, um, you know, what our family thinks of us, what partners think of us, what ex-partners have thought of us, because <laughs> those really us. <laughs> don't <laughs> um, and a lot of it really comes from within ourselves, and it's impacted at least in part, by where we are in our menstrual cycle. So I just want to sum up that during the first half of your menstrual cycle, the first day of your period through ovulation, mm-hmm. estrogen is rising steadily. And as estrogen rises and rises, you get um, more positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. These are these are days when you're thinking, I can do this. I got this. Mm-hmm. Or even if there's a setback, you've made a mistake or uh, um, you just couldn't make it happen. You're like, ugh. Give what is wrong. These are the days when you're going to be more resilient and bounce back and think. You know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to just try again. Mm-hmm. These are your bounce back days. These are the days when um, you're cheerleading yourself. Now, this is generally good. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one little. <laughs> yes, sir. One one little word of warning on these, like, very rah-rah days. If you are going to be doing something a little dangerous, you could cheerlead yourself right into a cast <laughs> or <laughs> a concussion or, you know, uh, pushing yourself too hard. So just be careful. So um, when you hear yourself saying, oh, um, this bungee jump that my friend made up, you know, made, created herself, um, she just tied this to the this um, you know, this bridge, it'll help, it'll it'll work. I'm gonna try. It's gonna be great and you psych yourself up to do something completely dangerous. Know that your hormones, your spiking estrogen is really pushing you past the point where you really should. So generally, very good rising estrogen, boosting that self-talk, but just be careful of it pushing right off, you know, into something dangerous. Now the second half of your cycle, the day after ovulation through the day before your next period, Self-talk changes dramatically these are the days when you're more likely to be critical of yourself to be negative to have um, You know to be pessimistic and cynical and if something goes wrong These are the days when it really sticks in your head. You're just Ruminating over it and you're just stewing over it and it can stop you from moving forward Mm -hmm. and when that happens think okay just pause Remember where you are in your cycle. Okay, this is hormone exaggerating, you know, what mistake I made or exaggerating those feelings. And that's because, as we discussed before, plunging estrogen lowers levels of brain chemicals needed to boost mood, self-esteem, confidence. So when that happens, it's really up to you. You have to push forward and say this, is, this isn't reality. It's just kind of a funhouse mirror created by hormones. It's an exaggerating situation. mirror? Right, right? Because it's not reality. It's um, if you're looking through the prism of hormones, whether it's the first half of your cycle where the prism is like, yay, everything's great, nothing can go wrong, or the second half of your cycle where, oh, I don't know, everything can go wrong. (laughs) So um, it's really important to remember where you are in your cycle and think, okay, how can I use this to my benefit? Or how can I overcome this? And that will help you moderate your self-talk, so it's a healthier conversation going on in your head.
0: So, in essence, the last, the second half of our cycle, like that is when we should like absolutely be putting as much self-care practices, like wearing that favorite outfit, anything, like we should almost like
1: plan for it.
0: Right.
1: Think you should plan for every <laughs> phase of your cycle. Every week of your cycle, I think you should plan ahead. I always did. Um, week two gab was always happy that week one gab set her up with a whole bunch of fun things to do. Mm-hmm. Week three gab was always happy that week two gab set her up with, you know, um, books to read, mellow t- phase. I knew I'd want to do stuff that was mellower um, or uh, saved tasks that were um, they required more focus because it's easier to do in week three week four gab was always happy that week three gab um, bought little treats to boost my mood <laughs> in my mood. I always plan ahead because the future me is always going to be so grateful to the past me for setting me up making that that cycle week so much better
0: oh my gosh um, so if anybody's just joining, I'm going to be posting a replay of this. So you have access to this. Um, and I'm going to be sharing where you can find Gabrielle, like hormonology apps. There's a free version. There's a paid version that goes in more in detail. A lot of So I want to, cause I know that I know there are some like dads in my audience too. I want to empower couples too. Um, you and your husband, you have a fence, like from what I've talked to you have like a fun, fantastic understanding and he understands your cycle. So what would you say would be a great, um, conversation, pe- or conversation piece that a woman could like bring to her husband because he probably doesn't know. So, I mean, if we're just finding this stuff out, guarantee you, we can give them a break, you know, like they just don't know either. So how can we bridge that conversation so that you can, you know, so there's a little more understanding and not the, I'm really committed to helping people stop, like men, stop calling your woman crazy. You cycle every 24 hours. We cycle every
1: <laughs> 28 days. Yeah. Well, with I know this is going to sound like a shameless plug, but I'm about to say it. Not if, at all. Uh, okay, cool. If there's um, a female-male relationship, so um, you're a cycling woman with um, a boyfriend or husband, I absolutely recommend getting my app Female Forecaster. The Female Forecaster app is specifically written for boyfriends and husbands who um, are long-term partners of cycling women. And it was based on all this feedback I got from um, users of my other app, the Hormone Horoscope, which is for women um, who wanted something for their male partners Mm -hmm. that was shorter, um, to the point and really only covered those topics that they were interested in <laughs> and the, it's true because it's true. The, no, the, they were Yes, it really is because What happened was uh, from what I heard that they, they were emailing their hormone horoscope to their partners, which is something you can do in my app You can send your horm- your daily hormone horoscope to somebody else But the partners wow. weren't reading it because it was just too much information for them They didn't care about how they were spending money and um, so, and they didn't care about the nitty-gritty details of mood. They wanted to just, you know, <laughs> get to the point. So that's where the female forecaster came from. So I absolutely recommend it. I get amazing emails from people how I this this app has saved marriages. And the reason for that is because there are these things that um, men don't understand about our bodies. And that we're really just starting to understand ourselves, especially if you're new to hormonology. One mm-hmm. of the key ones is... Libido. Um, I think libido and ease of orgasm has been a mystery for men. Uh, Women seem to want and crave physical intimacy one day, and then poof, it's all gone the next. They're completely no interest. One day it's very easy to achieve orgasm, next day you could be like trying for three hours and nothing is happening. So. when there is isn't understanding about how your hormones impact your libido and how easy it is to orgasm mm-hmm. um, your partner can think it's your fault or worse you can think it's your fault yeah, um, and, and you know, go into to this blame, like
0: unnecessary like unnecessary yeah. stuff waste of energy
1: mm-hmm. absolutely so th- let's take away all of that because mm-hmm. there is a predictable pattern to mm-hmm. your libido there's a predictable pattern to how easy it is to orgasm and that pattern is During the first half of your cycle, your libido increases day by day, and that's due Mm -hmm. to rising estrogen and a little bump in testosterone during ovulation. Your ease of orgasm improves, like the meaning you can reach orgasm more easily and quickly. And by the way, orgasms are way, way, way more intense on these. (laughs) Oh my gosh, they're so good. It's okay.
0: Hey, this is this is here to educate. Like most yeah. people don't. There's a lot of people that don't know, and they're too afraid to ask. I feel yeah. scary having this conversation, but I'm like, it has to be had, and I want to be that bridge.
1: Well, to me, I think sexual health is um, a key part of any other um, health aspect of our lives, and um, it, imp- it impacts our mood. It impacts our energy. Um, there's research that shows that orgasms can um, help. Keep us vital, whether mm-hmm. alone or with a partner. So it's yeah. good to know when um, your orgasms are going to be easy to achieve and when they're going to be um, really intense, so that you can plan better. My 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 thing is, if you know all about how your hormones impact you throughout your cycle, you can plan your whole life so much better. And we don't have it's to easy. tell the men,
0: and we don't have to tell the men. Sometimes the men don't want to know. Just put it on the calendar and like. It'd be spontaneous Plans. Well, my guy
1: loves to know see my guy loves yeah. it because he knows um he understands uh why i'm chasing him around the bed and he also understands <laughs> <laughs> why I'm oh gosh he would he, he would wear a i love week 2 shirt if i made it <laughs> you
0: should make
1: that that's <laughs> I heart week two, I know. But he also understands that in my week three, so, okay, um, from your um, first day of your period through ovulation, the first week one and week two, your um, libido ratchets up, it gets more intense, orgasm is easier. Okay, so week three. Week three encompasses um, the day after ovulation and last eight days. So you've got your first half, now you've got week three, and during week three, boy, Your libido bottoms out. It's just barely there. If it's there, take advantage of it because it's not going to last. Orgasm is extremely difficult to achieve in your week three, those eight days following ovulation. And all of this is due to rising progesterone. Progesterone is... Um, a sedating hormone that happens to put a bit of damper on sex drive and ease of orgasm and intensity of orgasm. So say you try to have an orgasm, it's going to take longer and that orgasm is going to be less intense compared to um, the orgasms of your week two. Now week four, your libido and ease of orgasm return, not to week two levels, but um, you um, you do get a rise in sex drive and... Um, Having an orgasm alone or with a partner during that phase is actually good because it can boost a premenstrual mood. Any case, going back to your original Mm question, circling back, this is (laughs) important. I know I get off on tangents because I love this information, but it's is really good for your for um, partners to share this information because there's that understanding, like um, a partner will be available during your your week two um, will make themselves more available because they'll know that. Your orgasms are more fulfilling, so they want to be there to help you and during um, your week three when your libido is dropped out and orgasm is difficult to achieve, um, they'll understand it's not them. it has nothing to do with them you're not mad at them it's just a natural uh, drop and the funny thing is our, the way our bodies work is um, it's kind of it's a, actually it's exactly like a roller coaster. Our libidos ratchet up, 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 and it peaks, and then boom, it drops. There's no like gradual drop here. It's just like exactly like a roller coaster. So you've been chasing your partner around for like seven, eight, nine days, and then all of a sudden you have no interest. <laughs> so, it's like yeah. what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Should I get you know candy? Should I you know what do I do? But um, it's uh. These are these physiological things that happen in our bodies are great to share with your partner, so that there's greater mm-hmm. understanding.
0: I love this. This has been so helpful. This is so helpful. Like, I really hope. Like, I just, I want to have more conversations like this. Like, this needs to be talked about. Um, yeah, I'm not an expert. I'm just a 40 year old woman who like came across this information. I thought, wow, they, just like that movie, the 40 year old virgin not a virgin but i mean like either way i just felt you and i met i feel like we met for a reason and it was fit rocker chick that talked about your app that's how i that's how i discovered you and she is and she and then she was talking on her instagram story about her mood one day and she was just feeling like how she how you know she was in a like in a funk And then she referenced your, like, she's like, oh, but then I checked my, uh, my hormone horoscope, my hormone horoscope, like, what the heck is that? And so I messaged her and she shared that with me. And I just, I just thought like, we, we need to get this out there. So we overthink, we overthink because we, we, we've just been like, we've just accepted that. It's like, no, now we can actually be like, oh, we got disconnected there. Gabrielle, if you're there, I hope you'll join on. We, I'm new to all this. It's going to be a glitch. We do. We, we predicted there was going to be a glitch. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm new to this. So, I mean, it could be also the um, – thank you for joining. Sorry for the disconnect, everybody. Um, I'm not sure what – there's all kinds of things I don't know about Instagram. But thank goodness that we're able to get back on. I just want to check in on on time for you. Do you have to be somewhere?
1: Well, I actually, I do, I have, we, yeah. we'll like wrap up now because, yeah, well, I think Instagram has told us.
0: <laughs> I think they gave us, yeah, they gave us the boot. They gave us the boot. Um, what, what would you, I'd love to wrap this up. What would you want to say to, um, like after like this conversation today and this is like, I, I hope we can maybe have another like part two in the future. Um, That'd be great. What would you, what would you like, to be your intention and your message to leave women today to be empowered with.
1: I want women to understand that um, knowing more about your how the hormones in your menstrual cycle impact your moods, health, and behavior is empowering. It puts you in the driver's seat when you know how your hormones are going to be impacting you. You can make the most of hormonal benefits, like rising energy, uh, spiking mood, spiking libido, as we we discussed before. And you can take steps to overcome hormonal challenges, like fatigue um, or aches, because you'll know Mm -hmm. they're coming up ahead, so you can take steps. This makes every single day of your cycle better. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that um, everyone with a menstrual cycle learns more about how their hormones work and how they impact them. And you can do that at my website, myhormonology.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I offer a lot of free tools. Um, yes, I have a paid app, but I also have a free app, and I have free um, short eBooks on the website. So um, I just want to get this information out there because it's empowering. It helps you plan your life. It helps you schedule your career, your school, your family, everything, your mm-hmm. hobbies, your life, um in such a more impactful way. I love that.
0: And I love your graphics. Go follow at at hormonology, um, the handle on Instagram. There's this, uh, even if you just want to look for like snippets of like just a taste of what you're sharing there. Cause it it just, I love like in your picture, graphic images, like, wow, like week one, week two, there's some really, and it's entertaining too. Like ladies, like, come on, we can like go easy. We can relax. We can like laugh about it now. Uh, And we can stop depending on others to, you know, like, we can empower ourselves to get this information. Um, Because most likely the people we've been going to, they just don't know how to um, help us. So we got to go find the people that can help us on this journey. So I appreciate you so much.
1: I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad that you're spreading this hormonal awareness because that's what we really need right now. So that we can make sure that everybody is empowered in this generation Mm -hmm. so that we can teach it to all future generations i love it
0: awesome okay i'm gonna have to figure out how these replays like bear with me i'm tech challenged. learning (laughs) thank you so much for being here and um and then if anybody has questions like send myself or gabrielle a a direct message or comment on her page um like please 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 and your book is in your book is on amazon right now so you can get
1: it on yes. Kindle. Yeah. Yes. Twenty. Yeah. What your cycle reveals about your moods, health, and potential, mm-hmm. updated and expanded. It's um the updated edition of the book that launched, that pioneered the cycle thinking and hormone awareness movement.
0: Awesome.
1: Okay. I'm Yay. excited. I'm excited
0: to continue. I've been reading it. It's good.
1: Awesome. Get these. Thank yeah.
0: you. Yeah. You're very welcome. Okay. I'm going to let you go. I look forward to seeing on the next on the next on the next conversation.
1: Me too. Thank you so much again for inviting me. This has been so much fun. You're welcome. Okay. Make it a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye.
0: Bye. Welcome back. It's Michelle here. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn last? Was there so much to learn that you could go back and listen to again? Uh, I hope so. I really enjoy hearing what your takeaways are, if there's any aha moments in this episode. I know uh, as soon as I came across Gabrielle's work, I was blown away by um, not having access to this information, which I think all all women, all mothers, all daughters need access to this information. And so um if you are someone that is enjoying these episodes, it's so love for you to share this episode with a friend. Tag along with me, take, you know, sh- uh, take a screenshot, share this over in your stories. Uh tag me over at Self Mastery is Self Love. I'm mostly on Instagram. I am on Facebook every now and again, but Self Mastery is Self Love on Instagram is the place I really love hanging out. So, um Also, I love reading your comments uh, in the reviews. So if you enjoyed this and you want to continue uh, receiving all the goods here and future interviews with guests or if there's anyone that you think I should interview or have on the show, I would so love for you to let me know. Uh, Write us a review. So you can send me an email over at selfmasteryisselflove at gmail.com. And um, yeah, I just really think that um, if you're someone who likes to connect on a deeper level and um, get lots out of just living and feeling your best in a way that's an emp- empowering, um, then I hope you'll continue to subscribe to this podcast and uh, hang out with us. So until next time, do all health with love. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now.